This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. You know, there are different ways to approach an NFL training camp right? I mean, there's different players, different game plans for different players. And I saw an interview with a Hollywood luminary recently, and they were told before embarking on their career, acting, writing, producing, the advice within the industry of Hollywood was, you know what? Be a Michael, not a Sonny. Danny, would you care to speculate as to what that's in reference to? Have you ever seen The Godfather? See, you didn't even give me a chance to say it. You just I know right you know the answer. I've I know never, Jim Alejandro does not God. know the answer because he's the one person on the face of the earth who has not seen The Godfather. No, I have not seen it. Whoa, whoa. okay. You're the I, only person I, in this okay. room who's seen it. I haven't seen it. First of all, you said luminary. <laughs> Wait a minute. Three people out of four have not seen The Godfather, and we have them assembled in this room? Yeah, that's true. Okay. I mean, I know of it. I've okay. seen scenes but i've never actually watched the movie i I might actually need a vet day i was sort of like will hernandez i've yet to really exercise a vet day this might be the moment where i need a vet day have you seen the rock a mental health day with uh nicholas cage yes yes absolutely i've seen okay just checking okay one of the finest films ever made shaking her head we're only well at least we're two for four on that one instead of one for four so anyway the point of it i'll talk about something i can contribute to my goodness the point is (laughs) If you're a Michael, you take a slow, intelligent, calculated approach. If you're a Sonny, you're more of a hothead, and you come out flaming hot, right? And you're like, is that Pacino and uh, and James Con? Uh, exactly, James Con okay, was see, more the hothead, right? And, I've never even seen it, and I just guesstimated right. that. So if 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 you're the Sonny, you end up shot up on the freeway, okay, and a, a gang slain. But if you're Michael, you end up head of the mafia. So that, you know, just have a calculated approach so did you ruin the movie for me is there no point for me even watching now no absolutely i know not. you were running out to see it i'm <laughs> sure no there's there's three more hours for you to sit oh, there okay. over your labor day weekend and catch up on things that you need to all right it's americana danny for pete's sake okay my goodness okay so there you go that's an epic fail to start this edition of Ooh. cardinals underground paul calvisi darren urban danny sarek uh, anybody else want to start? I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll take out my angst on the AP writer, Darren. You know, one of your one of your brethren up there in the press box. Yes. It was a game wrap story, Cardinals-Bengals week one. Yes. Preseason, and uh, the big flaming headline called it a sloppy preseason game. Really? Cardinals had no turnovers, and they had only two penalties. He was a Cincinnati writer, Paul. Cincinnati-based, but you're supposed to be writing a game wrap. I mean, overall – yeah. Would you call it a sloppy, certainly not from the Cardinals' perspective? No, not from the Cardinals' perspective. That was the one really good thing about that game was that it wasn't sloppy, that there weren't a lot of penalties, that uh, they didn't turn the ball over. And not only did they not turn it over, but they were efficient offensively for the most part. I mean, I for a preseason game uh, where you're not having any of your players play, that was pretty impressive. I mean, red zone, right? Goal line. 
Goal line was an issue at times last year. Certainly wasn't in the preseason opener. Now, how many of those players are going to be there week one against Kansas City? I get it. There's not much of a direct correlation. Okay, but again, adjusting for adjusting your expectations for the preseason, Danny. I mean, at least uh, in terms of preseason openers, that performance checked a lot of boxes. Did it not? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was not out there with you guys, so I, I can't get – I'm not going to sit here and give a detailed – description when I was unable to be there or to watch the game. Um, But from what I, the highlights I saw and what I read online, what you hope for in a preseason games in terms of, you know, getting the substitutions and penalties and avoiding injuries that, that that's the main goal. So that's good for the Cardinals. I'll tell you what was most impressive to me, honestly, Evan McPherson, a couple of surface to air missiles, the, yeah, Cincinnati he Bengals, for the, the Cincinnati Bengals kicker. I'm just yeah, saying that was impressive. of everything that happened in that game, for him to nail a 58-yarder and then followed up with a 56-yarder, and both of them would have been good from 65, like Justin Reed range. I mean, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, that was impressive. That was impressive. <laughs> and, you, and you're hoping that the Matt Prater two missed extra points or nothing, which I actually think they are nothing, but. Uh, yeah, those those come in bunches, just like last year. When the misses happen, which yeah. is rare, they, they tend to Although come in bunches. Although it was bunches. funny, um, the day that we're recording this, not that we're supposed to talk about practice, but he was deadly accurate and some long field goals, <laughs> and he was doing it on the skinny goal post today. And I'm just like, okay, he's taking it out on his uh, – he's taking out those misses on his, on his attempts today. So we're not supposed to talk about – other things that happened in practice today, because, you know, at this time a week ago, I was trying to push my new line of merch, the Will versus Everybody t-shirt. Oh, that's true. And I might have to change that to another offensive lineman, <laughs> a rookie versus everybody, the way things are trending yeah. right now in Cardinals camp. Uh, I will say that Marcus Hayes, uh, Marquise Hayes, had a good game against the Bengals. Yes, he did. He did have a good game against the Bengals. <laughs> and coaches did tell us he had a nasty streak going into the game against that's the Bengals. So that's uh, we'll just let you add that up and uh, draw the uh, conclusion on that one. Sounds like we're going to see, speaking of the preseason opener, sounds like we're going to see Trace McSorley again in the next game against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I will say that Kyler Kyler Murray knocked down the idea he'd play in the preseason in his press conference, so I don't think – I think that's pretty much a given. Not that that's very surprising at this point. Um, and the way that Colt McCoy's practices have gone where he's not really throwing the ball, I mean, I'm thinking we're going to see an awful lot of Trace McSorley this entire preseason. So even in, in the third game, if, if the Cardinals have decided he is their third-string quarterback over – Jarrett Garantano. Yeah, you think Trace McSorley still plays that? Don't final? you think? I mean, who are, you're gonna you're gonna play Garantano? I the would whole think game? so. I just don't. If if maybe we don't know enough about that's possible. Colt's sore arm, yeah. his throwing arm. I don't. I don't. I don't, know. I don't see Colt McCoy playing in the preseason now. Right. So point, if so. I guess it's just if, if they find out more, maybe they don't. Yeah, that's feel a good point. Be ready for Week One, maybe they maybe we don't see Trace in that third game. Yeah, if he'll be QB two to start the season. Oh, make, that's a good point. I'm going to make one addition that. and one uh, detraction from this conversation. Number one, the addition didn't Cliff Kingsbury already say that the regulars are not going against Tennessee? Didn't he already say that a uh, week into camp? He said we're going to do the joint practices and yeah, then I think he did say the that. regulars are going to get you know but, some flowers seats and a ball cap. But is Trace McSorley a regular? That's what she's saying is Trace McSorley might not even play. Oh, four quarters right. of well, Garantano? If, well, because if, if Colt's not going to be ready for week one. Or and you're that worried means about Trace, him being ready. And gotcha. that means Trace is going to be you your number two. You don't want to risk him getting hurt. 
All right, here's the demerit for me. I should know this. Paul will play quarterback in the Tennessee game. I would pay money. Well, you know, this, this camp really is about all the diminutive Americans, honestly, if you want to break <laughs> it down. If there's one theme that Darren has failed to write about yet, it's how the diminutive Americans are dominating Cardinals camp 2022. I can't see you guys down there. so That's <laughs> okay. That's it. Uh, you're going to end up like Sonny by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I'll just tell you that much right here. Uh, I should know this. Did Kyler play any preseason snaps a year ago? Didn't he play in the second game against Against Dallas, he did, right? He played a series or two? Yeah, I feel like yes, but okay. I do not know that okay. off the top of my head. I'm sure the great Jim O'Mahundra will look that up in a matter of moments. So I'm surprised, Aaron, for the guy who knows all these random names from 2003. I, I thought the maybe you'd remember. The preseason of 2021 seems a long time ago. A long time ago. Was Danny Sarek at that game? No. Why not? Oh, you didn't go to any games. That's right. <laughs> wow. Right? Didn't I was they make not, you go in the studio? Not, I did not work for the Arizona Cardinals at that point. No, yes. I know. But were you working for Dallas at that point? I was. No, I didn't travel. I would have been at the studio. Oh, that's right. Show. The Dallas game was here. <laughs> that's why I kept thinking it was there. You said, did he play last year? And I'm like, I'm picturing like Dallas Stadium and whatever. And I'm like, I don't remember seeing him out there. But that's right. The Kansas I, I, game was I tell here. you what. The AP headline so far should apply to Cardinals Underground. Sloppy. We've been sloppy so we far have to start sloppy. this podcast. Are you speaking say for that. all of us? No, not you. No, just me. Darren, don't take <laughs> – once me. again, don't take any – Danny, don't take any of Darren's stuff because once you were in the drone video, uh, you know, on, on Cowboys Twitter and Cowboys.com, right, I mean, boom, you didn't need anything else the well, rest of the year. that was hard knocks. It was hard knocks? Yes. The drone video? Yes. It was hard knocks. Yes. Once again, sloppy on my part. There are a lot of, a lot just, of mental errors. I'm so sorry. I, 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 these are things I should know. And That's uh, okay. That's what camp's for. I'm going to get these ironed out, you get guaranteed, the, you get by the time we get to week one in, in Kansas City. So I'll, I'll just uh, try and make that promise Once over here. Once is a mistake. Twice <laughs> is a right. choice. That's right. So now I'm trying to remember the Kyler to Hollywood that we're finally seeing in practice right now. We can yes. talk about that, right? I mean, well, yeah, has... Cliff talked about that okay. this week. So, I mean, we, we know it happened. Okay. And actually uh, – AZ Cardinals Twitter feed did, did get the permission to put up that clip of the, them throwing uh, Kyler throwing a quote unquote touchdown to Hollywood. So there's video evidence of that. Good, good because <laughs> that was eye opening. There was Hollywood Brown doing exactly what he was advertised to be able to do, and that is get behind the secondary. Something we didn't see a whole lot of a year ago. Now Andy Isabella, truth be told, has done that quite a bit yeah. in Cardinals camp, and he did it in the preseason game. Drew a flag, wasn't able to reel in the catch. But, yeah, I mean, Kyler to Hollywood Brown and Kyler Mithabedia talked about the chemistry. If I could have got my question in between everybody peppering Kyler, I wanted to know from Kyler just how far that chemistry, what's that going to mean come the regular season, that existing chemistry and how big a deal is that come the regular season. But you and Bob McManaman and everyone else, Cam Cox and Mark McClune, you just kept hammering Kyler with questions. I couldn't get in from the back of the room. I asked the question about Hollywood. It, it came up, and, uh, you know, I, 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 mean, I think he said that, uh, you know, essentially they've still got a – what they've done in the past is the past, but he feels pretty confident that that's all going to come together. And I, that doesn't surprise me, especially the way, Paul, when he said, yeah, I'm not playing in the – you know, when he, you're going to play in the preseason, I'm, I'm not playing. Let me, ask mean, you, let me ask you guys something. Just from the years of experience you have covered Cardinals or covering the NFL – when you have a quarterback who is working on chemistry with a new wide receiver, yep. given I know that, you know, training camp Kyler missed a week with COVID. Hollywood Brown has, you know, he had that hamstring in the beginning of training camp, so they haven't had the full training camp of full practices, and I get that. 
But in your experience, when you see a new wide receiver and a quarterback who don't play any preseason games together, do you see a delay in the regular season of the chemistry, or is what they do in practice enough to right off the bat feel good about it? Like I mean, I'm, I'm just curious if, if they're really that behind as what uh, a normal wide, wide receiver would look like with your quarterback this at is, training camp. This is where uh, Paul and I diverge. He's a big believer in chemistry and working together. I feel like all these years, I mean, I don't think you can do none of it, but I do, I, the, I've come to that position where it's like, okay, it's football. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, I don't know how much chemistry is going to help you as much as are you getting off the press coverage and are you being covered by a really good cornerback? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's other factors that are more important than this quote unquote chemistry. And I even look back at last year. Do I think that Kyler and AJ green had the best chemistry? No. Where do I think it showed up more? I thought it showed up more later in the season than early in the season. So that doesn't make any sense. I just think you can only get, I, I, we, we have said this since the beginning in terms of, the off-season workouts when Kyler yeah. Murray was here and wasn't here. I think that to an extent, yes, you can build chemistry in the off-season, and it's incredibly important. I just wonder if how much of the chemistry in these training camp practices, if you're not actually playing in a preseason game, you're still going to have some delay sure. at the start of the season, no? So but, are, but are I they really that, off, that behind with no, Kyler and Hollywood? No, and, and I don't even know – I don't even know if you're getting anything out of it, even if you play in the preseason game. Somebody right. said that today. I, I tweeted out the thing about Kyler not playing in the preseason, and some guy said, I'd really like for him to get at least one or two series. And I'm like, what's one for chemistry? And I said, what's one or two series in the preseason going to get you on chemistry? That, the whole point of chemistry is a bunch of repetitions. If you just play one or two series, it's not going to help you anyways. So I don't, I don't really understand the point. Now, again, when Paul's talking about practice, that's a little bit different of a thing, and they're starting to do that. But if we're talking about them starting, okay, we're looking at it from the beginning of camp till exactly now. So the vast majority, they haven't practiced together. But assuming there's no setbacks at this point, if you take this Monday till the time they actually play the Chiefs, they're going to have a month together. I mean, okay, so what, what's, well, how are they really going to be that off, you know? In my opinion, has evolved on this. Uh, to Darren's point, I'm coming closer to Darren's side of it. Here's the caveat. I just warned him down. He's probably just sick of hearing from me. Here's the caveat. In the preseason games, you're just seeing such vanilla defenses yeah. anyway. What is the true value? Is it really worthwhile, the reps you are getting, and the reps are getting fewer and fewer? For example, our Jim Omohundro looked it up a year ago in the opener against Dallas, Kyler, DNP. The preseason finale was at New Orleans. That was NP, not played, <laughs> not played that's, at all. That's us turning around in right. the air halfway to New Orleans. So week two was Kansas City. Kyler was all of one of four for two yards. And you know what? I should have remembered Yes. That. How often did we repeat that yes. going into the opener oh in Tennessee? Oh, my God. Oh, Kyler, can he possibly be ready? He was only one of four for two yards yes. passing in August. Can he really be ready for September? And then the he angst lit up, of it all. And he lit up the Titans. And then he went out, and I have it right here, Kyler in the opener against the Titans. By the way, 38-13, to 13, they jack-stomped Tennessee at Nashville, and he went 21-32 to 32 for 289, four touchdowns, one pick. He had a rushing touchdown and a passer rating of 121. So that would seem to fly in the face of, but here, this is where I am going to get into practice. Yes, Allen Iverson. As long as the practice is worthwhile, as long as you're going 11 on 11, as long as Vance Joseph is bringing some actual schemes, some exotic blitz schemes, which they do on purpose by design to try and give the offense a real test, 
Think about the opener at San Francisco two years ago, the COVID year, 2020, mm, yes. DeAndre Hopkins. 14 grabs right out of the gate. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins was barely a participant in Cardinals camp yes, that year. Yes, that's a very true point, and I've made that point uh, multiple times myself. With, with, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's just – I think so, training camp and preseason games are important for these guys that are trying to get on the roster, impress people, or impress people from other teams. I get all that, but – for some of these people. Now, does that mean I'm not concerned about, for instance, Rodney Hudson, who wasn't around all offseason and admittedly thought about retiring and still really isn't practicing? Yeah, I got a little pause there. Not because I don't think he could get it done with a minimal practice, but now I'm wondering exactly what's up. You know, is it he just doesn't want to be out there, his knee is bothering him that much, or is it literally like we're going to preserve him like a mummy until we get to games? Maybe that's it, but that that kind of stuff makes me pause. But if, if Kyler's going to go out there and be limited in practice sometimes and not play in preseason games, uh, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not that concerned. And, and I will say this, Paul, you were in there. We can talk about the sore wrist and everything like that. Kyler kind of allowed that uh, he didn't feel all that great right after COVID. So True. that that week of barely doing anything last week when he came back from COVID, yeah, maybe that was the wrist. Maybe that was just, hey, I, I had COVID for God's sake and I just wasn't ready to play football, which if that was the case, I'd actually feel better about things because that makes a lot of sense. And look, I'll apply that to A.J. Green. The more we learn about A.J. Yeah. Green and what happened the latter part of last season, yeah. he was coming off COVID. Yeah. And did he ever truly get his legs back? Did he ever truly get his cardio back? DJ Humphrey said the same thing. Yes. Yeah. He was – and so – and look, DJ Humphreys widely was considered to not have as good a year in 21 as he did in 2020. Well, how much of that, in hindsight, really was COVID? Same with A.J. Green the second half of his season. So – Yes, indeed. Kyler did mention that uh, he didn't feel all that great coming off it. I really don't want to get COVID. So, uh, you know, well, don't hang around Ron Wolfley. Uh, <laughs> so with that in mind, um, yet Kyler – by the way, Kyler got a lot of questions today about the play calling, which, which was – I guess that made for really good TV. I, I've not seen the TV copy yet. We were in the radio booth. But, right, they, they just had a great time I'm with sure. Kyler on camera wearing um, the headset, right, in the I fourth mean, quarter. I, I, well, I – didn't get the. I mean, I'm watching. That's right. You didn't see the feet up there either. But so. uh, So basically, everybody in this room hasn't seen the the (laughs) Cardinals TV feed. So. Oh, you did get to see it, Holmes. Oh, okay. That's right. Because you're you're okay. Well, there you go. We're one for four again. Thanks for looping me in. One for four in watching the Godfather. One for four in watching the Cardinals TV coverage of the Bengals, even though we were there and saw it in person. That's true. So. But two for four on the Rock. Yeah, but it was interesting that Kyler had his quarterback Trace. Oh, it was Jared Garantano at the time under center. Yeah. Right? He had him under center. And so there were some interesting things there. And um, as Cliff Kingsbury has explained to the media, it gives you an appreciation. And I saw a joke with Cliff about this in the pregame TV interview. I just said, Coach, everybody thinks they can call plays. <laughs> he nodded. He said, exactly, which would might have been precisely what was behind putting the headset on Kyler. Maybe a little better understanding of the offense and a little bit better, better understanding of the process and maybe a little – bit greater appreciation for the degree of difficulty in calling plays, 
setting up your plays, you know, figuring out, okay, which play is going to actually correlate with something else down the line. And uh, as Kyler said, once you call the play, it's out of your hands. Yeah, that's the funniest part to me. <laughs> and he's actually more comfortable being the one on the recipient of, you know, receiving the play because now you can do something with the play. You're just helpless. The biggest thing Kyler Murray learned about calling plays is that he really wants Kyler Murray as the quarterback. Right. <laughs> he wants to be on the receiving end, actually running the play. So, um, and, and you know what? By all accounts, they obviously made a lot of strides a year ago. And, and, and to push back on what Kyler told you on the sideline, yes, where he said, hey, these things are all scripted. It's right here on paper. I'm just basically citing the plays. And, he was talking about practice, so right. maybe they were scripted right. during practice. But. Uh, but Cam Turner on the Big Red Rage said, well, you know, uh, <laughs> those plays do have checks. Okay. So you can check into different things. Got it. Up until the 15 second mark, got it in the headset, and so got and then it. he also said in the red zone, that's pretty much up to the play caller entirely. You can ah, you can it. choose from your menu of plays. So all right, so there's some back and forth on that, but it's good natured stuff, and it takes some of the tedium off of training camp, if nothing else. But once again, Kyler to Hollywood Brown, that is something to behold, and. And didn't we see, to start this week, we saw the 10 personnel everybody wanted to see, right, Danny? The 10 personnel, those four wide receivers, go ahead, name names. Talk about that, because that's something that hopefully when the regular season starts, man, that's, gonna, that's potentially going to get a lot of attention. So you're talking about those first six weeks, that would be A.J. Green. Well, that's true, minus <laughs> Diop. You're right. Sloppy again, another okay. M.E. That's, I'm just trying to figure out that's the That's at least three. That's well, at least it was, three. He, I think at that point yeah. we're talking about the top four guys when everybody's When everyone's available. back. So God. Hollywood Brown, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. Yep, week seven. Week seven. That'll be on Thursday I mean, Night Football. I that's pretty scary. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that there are other teams that have Here's that Here's the many. best part. When you just say it's pretty scary, my first thought is, for Wolf, it's really scary. You're talking about using 10 personnel. <laughs> <laughs> the th- here's, a, here's a great thing. I, do I think he's going to – when they has all those guys, will he use 10 personnel? Yeah, but, like, I just feel like they've moved in such a direction. Like, how often are they really going to use 10 personnel? I mean, I think – Ultimately, when Hop comes back, I think the guy that's going to lose some snaps is A.J. Green, especially since um, Cliff has said, I want to watch his snaps this year. We probably overused them. But when you have the tight ends, you do. Somebody's got to not play, (laughs) right? And I tell you, from all accounts, Zach Ertz, even though we haven't seen very much of him in this camp, he had a heck of an offseason in that first part of Cardinals camp. He looked really good. So you're going to try and get Zach Ertz as many snaps as possible in the regular season. I mean, you think about the potential there because really, you know, as the coaches will tell you, we major in three wide receivers. They really major in 11 personnel. Yeah. You know, does Cliff run a lot? i term like that. It, I kind of like that. That's, that's sort of the way the coach, uh, coach explained it to me last week in the sideline. We major in 11 personnel. Although the Cardinals, I think, have led the league along with Sean McVay until they adjusted their offense a year ago in 10 personnel, four wide receivers. That's just part of, the, of, the, of Cliff's system. But, but to see the straight-ahead run game in Cincinnati and to see where the, the way the offensive line came off the ball, I get it. They're mostly backups. But if that signals a change in mentality, maybe a little bit. I know Steve Hyden, the tight ends coach, was on the Red Sea Report with Craig Grillo and Drew Stanton. He talked a little bit about that, about incorporating more of the power run game this year because of that fortified tight end room and because of the stable of running backs and because you have Will Hernandez and a little bit of nasty and some people who can up front who can really make that happen. So, by the way, speaking of running backs, Danny, what, what do you think? Who's, who are the clubhouse leaders and who's on the outside looking in right now? 
This is a very tricky subject. Darren and I were actually talking at practice about that yes. today because I, I truthfully don't know. I, I have a feeling that they will carry four and put one on the practice squad. But Try it, to put one on the practice yes. squad. Yes. This is a really interesting situation. You've got James Conner and you've got Daryl Williams. And you've got Eno Benjamin. And, and those three are set. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Eno Benjamin is set. Okay. So then it comes down to Jonathan Ward, who is great on special teams, and your rookie Keontae Ingram, who doesn't have a lot of experience on special teams, but they like him and they like his potential. So is it too much to carry four running backs and put Keontae Ingram on the practice squad? Is this a situation where you – Darren and I were talking, I don't think you could put Jonathan Ward – on the practice squad, and he doesn't get poached. I don't know if he makes it through waivers. Do you think he makes it through the waivers, Paul? I tell you, uh, Jonathan Ward, that, that, is, that is a good one. I mean, what's his rep around the league in terms of the special team snaps? I don't think he gets taken just as a running back. No, I don't either, but that's but, the thing. You know, how how, how well-known is he, though, as a special teams demon? All right, as I, somebody but, who – But don't you guys agree? Eno is set. So it really Eno's comes down to, to Jonathan Ward of – or him and Ke- right. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Being around some personnel guys, you'd be surprised with how much minutia these personnel guys, because I've heard the personnel guys for the Cardinals talking, and they, trust me, they know everybody that's worth a dang. So my guess is somebody knows, because it only takes one team to claim Jonathan Ward. You don't have to have everybody love him. You just need one team that needs a special teamer and a, a running back. Now, I'm not saying that that would happen or that that's who they cut. Here's another thought you keep all five on the initial cut down and then at some point during the week you make the release when everybody's kind of settled into their rosters and then you try and sneak them back on the practice squad yeah. that's a guess yeah I no I, 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 I could I, see I, that I happening I don't know who, who they would cut I, do, I don't think they would cut Jonathan Ward I don't think they know right now I mean I don't think they want to cut Jonathan Ward but if I had to guess right now I don't think they want to cut Ingram either right Think about it, though. Keontae Ingram was the 19th running back drafted. Yeah. So what kind of market value would he have? Is anybody automatically willing to put him on a 53-man as a rookie? No, and that's a good point. So if you're thinking in terms of who would be the easiest to get to the practice squad, but this is also as a much team, as you like Ingram, that might yeah. still be the case. This is also a team, though, that kept Eno Benjamin a seventh-round pick and probably more than 19 running backs were picked before him. They kept him on the active roster all season because they were afraid if they cut him, somebody was going to take him. Honestly, Danny, I, you know, I would say, you know, Benjamin, because of his lack of special teams ability, he might be the most susceptible. That'd be my guess right now, just based on special teams, because your one-two punch of running back is going to be James Conner and Daryl Williams. Why do you think that? But do you think that if you – are you is Jonathan Just yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury talked to answer Darren's question real quick, talked about how – those two running backs have played big snaps in big games. Okay. I think he likes the proven factor of those two guys. So if it's between Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin, not even talking about special teams, I'm talking about gameplay mm-hmm. on offense. You would put Jonathan Ward in over Eno Benjamin because I think that's the difference there. I think they put Eno playing over Jonathan Ward eight or nine out of ten times. It's Jonathan Ward's special teams ability that really keeps him here. 
that's my point, that Eno Benjamin would be the most susceptible. He could be the one on the outside looking in because that lack of special teams. Honestly, when you're trying to construct a roster and Jeff Rogers is in there, is Jeff Rogers going to bat for Jonathan Ward? I'd say heck yeah. Okay, okay. And Keontae Ingram, from talking to personnel people on the sideline, he's been really good on teams so far, even in coverage. Because he said he doesn't think he's been that good when we uh, we talked to him. But he said he loves being physical. And and they do like – you know, and then just his rookie status, his contract status, and the fact that Eno Benjamin is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand all that, and, and, and who knows? I w- it would be an upset at this point if Eno wasn't on this team. But that's what makes this intriguing, is you could have a valid argument for any one of those three guys yeah. making or being cut from this team. And so that, that's probably the position group you're watching the most at this point. Yeah, the back end of the receiver room is intriguing. And I tell you what, that Greg Dorch press conference to start this week, that was something, was it not? Yeah. Listening to Greg Dortch say he was cut five times his first two years, three times his rookie year, and the fact that he's still around and now going to – I mean, come on, Greg Dortch has a spot in this team, wouldn't you say, Danny? I do, yeah. I think he does for sure. He's been day-to-day with uh, that knee injury, but he practiced on Tuesday. So, um, But I think he has looked good and consistent in training camp. Now, he's not the big body that A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley, DeAndre Hopkins are – but I think that he has looked good in practice. He's one of those guys, and I'm going to do it again with Antonio Hamilton. I'm going to cite it to the young punks at Casa Calvisi. See that guy right there? He was cut five times. Did he ever give up? No, he didn't quit. That's my dad's speech, you know, the inspirational speech. How about Antonio Hamilton, what he told the media? He, he walked on at a small college, transferred to South Carolina State, walked on there, earned a half scholarship by his senior year, went undrafted, been fighting to make an NFL roster. And now, honestly, if you made me draw up a depth chart, I think he's your number two corner behind Byron Murphy. I, I think agree. he is ahead of Marco Wilson. I don't want to get uh, – because we do need to talk about Antonio Hamilton, but but you do realize when we talk about that Greg Dorches and the Antonio Hamiltons or how Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, you realize that we're talking about them because they're the, they're the unicorns, they're the outliers for the thousands and millions that – got cut five times because they're just not good enough. I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> you know uh, what, speaking, sorry, speaking of uh, never giving up, I just got to say Paul, Paul's hot take from months ago that, you know, Benjamin was getting all this praise because oh, they were yeah. trying to pump him up for a trade. Maybe. It might still be in the card. So, Paul, listen to Antonio I Hamilton, thought, listen to Greg Dortch. Your hot takes might actually come true one day. I, I, we, I haven't forgotten about that one. I, that's a good point. Uh, I thought when you, where you're going when you say never giving up, I thought you were going to talk about your Trey McBride interview. But Oh, Darren. <laughs> Why would you call him out like that? No comment. I, 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 I think going back to your original point, Antonio Hamilton I think has looked really good. I thought he looked good in the preseason game, and he's definitely looked good in practice. And when you look at – I think Josh Jackson has looked pretty good in practice, yep. and I thought he looked pretty decent in the games. It's The quarterback situation is really easy. And Christian Matthew. Yeah. Right, but that's a good problem because in terms of number and depth, is it it's, a, it's a little different than running. Yeah, because you can, you can keep all them oh, on the Oh, you're talking about yes. compared to running backs. Yes. I, thought you meant, I thought you meant like we've now proven that they don't need help at cornerback, which I don't know if as well as all that's gone, I still don't know if we're there. I mean, I don't want to tell Antonio Hamilton that because he made it very clear that he thinks somebody saying what I'm just saying is full of – 
In fact, you asked Antonio Hamilton that in a roundabout way. Just I did. To, well, I try not to get too many, you know, slings and arrows that, from the that, that the outsiders aren't exactly bullish on the caliber of the Cardinals' cornerback room. And he sort of paused, and then he said, well, look, and I'm quoting him loosely, he said, if any of those people think we're all slouches in that room, they got another thing coming. I did think that was, that was a good line. It was a great line, and, I, I, and my phone at that point was hosing me, and I couldn't tweet it out, but it was a great quote. It was something like that. And so, and you know what? With Christian Matthew, you need, you need an iPhone, Paul. With, with Christian, with Christian Matthew, I'm just there's a lot of things I need. We don't we need another podcast for all the things I'm going to list around here. He reminds me a little bit of Marco Wilson last year, a little bit, a little bit. I'm not saying he, he's bidden to be a starter or anything like Marco Wilson was, but there was something Christian Kirk told us on a Big Red Rage last year, and that if you want to judge a cornerback, don't necessarily look at his wins, look at his losses. Yeah. When he's beat, how badly is he beaten? And they knew Marco Wilson could play last year because when he was beaten, he wasn't beaten by much. Yeah, he wasn't torched. Right, he wasn't absolutely destroyed, and 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 guys weren't running free with huge separation. And so that's the same thing with Christian Matthew. When you keep your eye on him, he, yeah. he's he's right there within range, and he's on the hip of most receivers. He had a couple of pass breakups in the preseason game, albeit against the lesser receivers. It wasn't the big three for the Bengals out there. I get it. But even in camp against some of the Cardinals' starting receivers, he's fared pretty well. I, I keep thinking when you mentioned barely beaten, I keep thinking of that Marco play last year when Christian or a Cooper Cup caught the touchdown in the oh, corner in the Monday oh. night game. And I'm like, I don't think Marco Wilson could get any closer to the player or the ball without getting it. But I, I Think of how Marco Wilson was also beaten by OBJ, right? Yeah. Not by a lot, just enough to make the catch, which is life in the NFL. But then think of how bad OBJ, before he got hurt in the Super Bowl, was making the Bengals' secondary True. look. Think about think of how bad Cooper Cup made basically every other corner in the league look last year I, in this triple crown of receiver. What I do love about Christian Matthew, and I happen to pass him in the bowels of the stadium today when I was walking one way and he was walking the other, is you forget how tall he is. I mm. mean, he's he's tall, and if you could get a tall cornerback, that would just be wonderful. Look, I I think we're to that point, and, and obviously if they were really bad, we'd be able to tell but I think we're to that point in camp where it's like you it's easy to fall in with the rose colored glasses like oh you know maybe they do have this great cornerback room or maybe it's an underrated cornerback room and and I do know that there's a lot of people uh in the personnel department that actually like a lot of their young guys and they think they might be a little bit underrated in terms of who they have at corner but we're not going to know until we know and unfortunately that's going to come against maybe one of the best passing offense in the league. Well, and I will say this. Pauly preseason was waxing effusive about the corners, and somebody who knows a lot more football than yours truly pointed out, hey, Paul, think of the quarterbacks they've been going against. Yeah, well. Think of the quarterbacks in the Bengals game they went against. For the most part in Cardinals camp, they have not gone against Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy. No, that's a good point. So can you get a true read yet on some of those Man, unknown corners right the hell down so i hate to say it but yeah again to a certain extent though i think that's every player in every preseason you can only get so much from these training camp practices and it's not like any of those big quarterbacks or you know not even just the quarterbacks those big star starting players on any team is ever playing preseason games so while i agree with you i don't think that's just to assess the cornerbacks this year. I think that's literally every every position, every preseason. All right. So the two of you pronounce and declare the cornerback room regular season ready. Ready to go. Boom. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Now, I mean, if you're going to put words in our mouth, it could have been worse. So, okay. 
the the next the net in the interest of a segue i'm just going to summarize and move on accordingly the next big question mark obviously on the defense pass rush and after victor d mukaji had a couple of sacks and dennis gardek looked good um you're feeling good about that too danny are you ready to get, stamp the seal of approval on the edge guys i am i'm not i don't think i'll feel ready until we have no choice it's you just have even those veterans dennis gardek Devon Kennard, they, they don't have a lot of experience with that consistent high snap count game after game after game. They're going to have to be relied on very differently than they have up until this point here in Arizona. And with those rookies, Cam Thomas, Myjay Sanders, you're not going to know until a couple weeks into the season when they really understand the speed of the game. So right now all you have is Marcus Golden, who we have not Actually, seen, you don't have. Who we have not <laughs> seen practice, and I, I don't have a count. Almost two weeks? I think it's been more than two weeks, maybe. Dealing Did- with a toe. So, so no, I, I am not feeling good about the pass rush situation at all. Um, Darren, didn't you ask the head coach today about Marcus Golden? Yes. And what, what was the answer? I'm paraphrasing, but I, would, I believe he said something along the lines of we feel like he's going to be okay and – He'll be ready to go. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, and look, he's the one proven guy on the edge. So if he needs all of August, sort of like a J.J. Watt last year, and he's ready to go in week one, who cares? Okay, great. But they do need to figure out the other guys <laughs> in outside linebacker position. <laughs> that look on Danny's face. He's like, 31. If we had a camera he's, in this room. He's 31. He's been around almost a decade. Come on. I, you know, I, I, the bigger questions – for the interest of How this come discussion. I can't take camp off and say I've been around for two decades? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but, Darren, you know, who would wear the hood while we're on the air here? In the, uh, it's chilly in here. It's now, although it's, <laughs> it's chilly. You have a jacket, but you don't have it on. Well, it's on my, it's on my legs. It's on my lap. <laughs> you missed yesterday when I did cover two with the hoodie and I stood up. It was way colder yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that because Holmes is going to break out the little video of me dancing around the time lapse that's great yeah well, yeah this it's just captioned this which one is the arizona native with the ultra thin blood and uh that's yeah, darren Irvin right there <laughs> in the time lapse looks like he's in line at dmv just standing there <laughs> okay i get you that's but like, no paul i i do not feel good about the pass rush situation really okay why, why do you disagree no i i don't necessarily disagree i just um you know victor dimukage i think is intriguing yes I think he's done something that rarely ever happens. If you talk to some of the people who watch these players day in and day out, he's actually improved his get-off, his explosion. He's redefined his body. I'm told he's not nearly as boxy, if that makes sense, as a year ago. He's he's slimmed down. He's lost some weight. He did some different sort of weight training uh, to be more explosive, to be faster off the edge. I, I asked him that question at the press conference to start this week. And he agreed. He definitely feels faster. He can see it on film, according to Victor Dimukeji, that he's getting off and getting that edge quicker. And, and let me tell you, if, if he's added that to his game, the rest of his game was there. He's very stout at the point of attack. He can set an edge. He's, he's very strong. And so it he is looks intriguing. Like it. One of the old linemen, real quick, described him as sort of a Marcus Golden light. Sort of that type of player. I think Steve Kime said that when he got drafted. Okay. Was like we see a lot right. of Marcus I Golden. I agree. Around. It has been an intriguing position group. 
Dennis Gardeck has had a really great camp. Lots of people to root for. Yes. Lots of good dudes. But this to me is a baptism by fire. What is it? Baptism by fire? Yeah, that's a is good that one. the saying? Yeah, that's the saying. I feel like we're not going to know what this team has until we, not even just week one, but a couple weeks into the season. And that, that that's just at this point, I think it it is what it is for at least the first few weeks until rosters really start to settle down. It's fascinating to talk about a baptism by fire in your first game is against Patrick Mahomes. Yikes. Yeah, don't say fire. Yikes on bikes. Darren wants a fire to warm his hands around right now, so try not to say fire. Maybe the Cardinals plan here, though. Maybe I just like the look, Paul. And if we talk to Vance Joseph. It's almost like wearing a bucket hat indoors. It's stylish. Maybe if we had next time we advance Joseph in front of the podium, we need to ask him this question. Tell me if it's a valid question before I embarrass myself in front of my colleagues. Are you left-handed? Uh, absolutely, yes, indeed, yes. I did not know that. I'm Despite so my Italian grandfather telling my mother to tie my left hand behind my back oh, and force one me of to write with my right, uh, she she never caved to my uh, Italian grandfather. I did not grandfather. know that about you. What did you I'm play sorry, baseball? You were taking with? notes, so I just noticed that. Here's the deal: fine uh, motor skills and so forth, left hand power stuff, right hand. So boom, I come in on the ball. And fire gas with the right hand. Yeah, but if you were lefty, you could have made it to the majors. Ping pong is sort of in between. I yeah. can play with either hand. Okay. Because it's in between. It's <laughs> not Olympian. really. It's not really power. It's not necessarily fine. You know, motor skills. It's in between. So that's how that works. Wow, that was a yeah. great little yeah. sidebar. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> I don't even remember what we we're talking about. So my point was, Marcus <laughs> Golden and, and the answer is multiple choice. Yeah. The answer, I guess, would be all of the above. A. Dennis Gardeck. B, Devon Kennard. C, Victor Mukherjee. D, my J. Sanders. And I'm not ready to quite include Cam Thomas in there yet. But if you take A through D, and the answer is actually E, all the above, that's your bookend with Marcus Golden. And that's the Cardinals' competitive advantage. Because that tackle now has to deal with the pit bull that is Dennis Gardeck, the long, lean, type guy like a my j sanders wait a minute here comes a victor d mukeji who's a total it's like the changeup versus a slider versus the curveball versus the fastball if you're a pitcher you just keep changing it up on the tackle and maybe that's the route the cardinals go at that position i'm hoping that's the case the cardinals do not have an easy schedule especially when you look at a lot of the offensive linemen that they will be facing and i think that's something to consider as well. They're, they're a lot Consider of how effective they're going to be. Exactly. Oh, yeah. A lot of these offensive linemen that they're facing are top-notch veterans who have seen a lot. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm just how saying. How about a negative Nelly? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you're, not, you're just casting a critical eye on the situation, Danny. You don't need to apologize for that. Oh, I, did, I, I didn't apologize. I just said I'm not trying to be negative. <laughs> No, she declared. That's like, that's like saying, I don't want this to be negative criticism. Well, all. Cr- yes, all criticism <laughs> is negative. Well, no, it can be constructive. I mean, you it's know, still there's, negative. There's, there's constructive criticism. Constuc- constructive criticism is still negative. It's feedback. Constructive <laughs> criticism is just feedback, is what it is. I've heard somebody use positive criticism two or three times since <laughs> training camp opened. I'm like, right. there is no such thing. <laughs> okay. So, all right, what I'm getting here, because the two of you are waffling, unlike the cornerback room that's been declared regular season ready, you're not willing to say the same about the edge group. Correct. Okay. All right. So you have that. Uh, can we feel better about defensive line? Because J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, who are not going to see a preseason snap, I predict. They will not. They're your starters. And then there's some really good competition behind those guys, whether it's a Rashard Lawrence who was in the backfield a couple of times in Cincinnati, 
Lecky Fotu, described recently by Zach Allen as 300 pounds of torso. That was, that was a great <laughs> one. A that one. was I solid. Like that I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, and then you have a couple of guys who are really scrapping veterans to make this roster who have showed up pretty well in a Christian Ringo and an Antoine Woods. Manny Jones. Who saw Manny Jones coming alive in that preseason game? That's intriguing. I don't think it'll be enough to make the final 53. I thought Jonathan Ledbetter played pretty well. Led, absolutely. Ledbetter did. and uh, That's a lot of defensive linemen yeah. there, though. May or may not have been at the bottom of what was described as a six-car pileup in, in camp. but uh, <laughs> So uh, he's number 93 on your roster. So I'm feeling a little bit better about defensive tackle because, remember, coming into camp, we were all wondering, <laughs> is there going to be a time time sign at corner, at edge rusher, and maybe D-tackle? Here's the thing. We've got to, I think we've got to make a decision one way or the other. Are we going to go with the Drew Stanton, who have they played a corner, quarterback kind of argument for the whole defense? Or are we going to – we can't praise the defensive line and then say we're not sure about the pass rush. Or we can't say the cornerback needs somebody. But, you know, I, I feel like it's all got to be all, all or nothing because they're, they're playing all the same offensive players. Danny? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just going to continue the point I've made of, of it's every player that's going up against these non-starters. So you want them to look great, and that's what you expect because they're also going up against non-starters. So that's the level of play you want them to be at. I it's don't better think, than the alternative. I don't think you know in any of these younger players, whether that's individually or how they work as a group, truly until you get to the regular season. Okay, so what is different about this preseason than preseasons past? Danny's here. Next hey. week. Next week at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to see a Jonathan Ledbetter, right? Any of these guys against – Against the Titans. Against starters. Against start. I mean, so really, uh, this is all just the buildup and the preamble to get to the final decision, the final episode of this reality, original sports reality TV show known as Training Camp, as chronicled on Hard Knocks this year, the Lions, Cardinals in the second half of the season. But this will all come to fruition in Tennessee, two big-time practices next Wednesday and Thursday. And then you're going to see a lot of these guys who aren't necessarily maybe, uh, you know, uh, going to bring it to the intensity level against their own teammates. But against the Titans, they better or else they're going to be embarrassed. And, yeah. and the coaches are going to be there sitting there waiting to make final decisions because basically a lot of nobodies are going to play in the final preseason game. Well, and that's, that's the big thing for me for this Tennessee week is this is essentially – we talked earlier about – whether guys should play and whether Kyler should play in the preseason. This is it. This is instead of playing in a preseason game, these two practices against the Titans, this is their preseason game, as it were. It's going to be a lot more controlled. Obviously, there's not going to be live tackling, but this is essentially what it's. You're going against another team. You're going to go against their ones probably on some snaps, and you are. This is the best test. Kyler Murray, for instance, is going to get in the preseason, or Hollywood Brown, or Isaiah Simmons, or whatever. I mean, it, I got. I hope we can talk about it, <laughs> and it's not yes. all closed to the media. Well, you know, I made the mistake of just presuming it was going to be open because other times we've done joint practices, they have been. But Correct. Yes. the Eagles have one open practice this year. The Titans have two. Right. 
So is there any chance that Titans two open practices just no, happen these, to be the two These are definitely going to be closed. It, the question then becomes whether, uh, whether we're going to be able to say anything as media members. Okay. But I, I, they're already, I already know they're not open to the public. Well, that's what I mean. As a media, can we report? Well, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm wondering. Because what teams have done now is basically if it's not open to the public, then they right. figure then we don't have to let the media report on anything. When it's open to the public, they'd probably rather not have the media report on anything, but it's kind of foolish when you've got you know, 5,000 people there with camera phones being able to do whatever they want. So. so that means instead of going to practice, Paul, you can just hang out on Broadway all day. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, I'll just join one of the bachelorette parties. There's like you know, <laughs> dozens of them at any given time. There's a bachelorette party on a Tuesday morning. I've been Nashville there for a bachelorette party. I, I was just going to ask. It, it, was, a it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Does anybody, is anybody shocked that Danny's been to a bachelorette party in Nashville? What you, it's the, one I, out of four. I, I was not the bride. I wasn't, it wasn't my decision. I didn't say you were the bride. I it mean, wasn't my decision. It, it wasn't was your decision. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I, <laughs> it's not like I chose to go to Nashville for the bachelor party, but wow, you, I went and we had you fun. You have some strict friends that I'm going to tell you to be here, and if you don't show up, what, you go to jail? No, but like the bride picks the location. It's not like I chose I Nashville. I understand. It's not like you turned it down. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, at this point, is Nashville better known for country music or bachelorette parties, honestly? That's a thing. I think it's a fair question. Very good question. And let me tell you something. After going to their, going there last year for the road trip, and wow. the, to open the season. Hello. Like, I've been to Nashville a handful of times on road trips, and Broadway always used to be kind of cool, but Broadway was still a street. We go there last year. You can't even drive on Broadway anymore. They've closed it, it down. down so everybody can walk in it, and it's way bigger, and it's – It's fun. I'm not a big country music trouble. fan, though. Yeah, but there's there's at least two or three bars on that strip that doesn't play country music. I've been in Find there. me there. Yeah, I've been in those, too. I'm going to walk up Later and Later than looking. I should. Or no. earlier, depending on, you know, how you're looking at the <laughs> clock. But. I'm going to walk up and down looking for the next Chris Stapleton. I saw a documentary on him recently, and he said he just went to Nashville, and he went on the corner and just started playing his guitar and singing whatever songs he had written at that point. He made $40 in one day. Darren's going to ask me who that? Chris Stapleton is. Oh, come on. I know he's just – I couldn't name come you a song, on. but I do know – he's a, he was oh, a big wait, songwriter, right? He was right? in The Godfather, right? No. <laughs> He's a modern-day country music star, 2022. Are you I thought guys that was serious? Garth Brooks. You guys have a lot to learn before you go to Nashville. My goodness. In fact, you know what? Your travel visas have been revoked for that comment <laughs> because thou shalt not be allowed to travel to Nashville if, you, if you're going to you know, spew stuff like that. Nash here. Vegas, baby. Do you have cowboy boots? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. I grew up in the Silicon Valley. I definitely don't have <laughs> Cowboy boots. No. And if I do, I'm a complete fraud. Let's just put it that way. Okay? There's absolutely no, no chance whatsoever. So, anyway, my point was that a Manny Jones going in joint practice against a Titans starting offensive lineman, if he fares well, okay, that can be a much better barometer yes. of whether he belongs on the 53 than True. blowing up the Bengals' third string right guard. I would agree that. But, but at the same time, too, aren't we – I mean, we're to the point, too – are any of us sitting in here going, uh, for the 53-man roster, they don't know who 51 of them are already? Or if they're down to 55, we're talking about the decisions we were talking about earlier. Like, it could be Ward, it could be Ingram, or it could be Eno. But, I mean, it's, okay. I don't know. And as yeah. much as it probably sounds like I'm dogging on these preseason games, I do think that's where they play an important role. Yeah. It's maybe not necessarily about the, the players you're going against, but those younger not even just rookies, but those younger or newer players on your team, picking up schemes and, and just under, you know going through 
the fundamentals of the game and how the offense or defense is called here. And so I think if you get down, you know, you're 51, you got to look at those last two spots. That's where preseason games really play a, a big role in that is not necessarily of how well you played going up against their four string wide receiver, but you know, how well were you understanding the scheme and in the right place at the right time and understanding your role? So you're totally on board then Danny with the Ravens 21 game preseason win streak. Is that what you're saying? Sure, Paul. <laughs> that is a curious thing, isn't it? I mean, do they really value that? Do do they really value that? I don't. Obviously, they do to some degree. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I'd, I'd have to like, go back cool, and look. But like, do, I don't, what does that really mean? I don't know if they've necessarily played. I think they've lucked into being so far. Do I think John Harbaugh sits back and says, "I love having this winning streak"? No. Do I think there's a small part of him that loves the fact it keeps coming up? I'm sure you're sure it doesn't hurt his feelings. Yeah. I think the bigger deal. Forget the 21-game Ravens preseason win streak. Obviously, it's the black helmets. Ooh, they're so sleek. You like them? I do. They're black, but then when they're up close, when they hit the light differently, there's like a hint of red, and they've got like a little shine to it. It's not like I know from afar in, in video or pictures people might be seeing online, it might look like the plain black Falcons helmet, and it is so far from that when you get to see it up close in person. I know that azcardinals.com has a video, Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt. We have a couple players that look at the helmet for the first time when you get to see a, it's really close up and you really get to see the details of the helmet. I really like them. I think they're sleek. I mean, Danny did tell me earlier that she had tried to get one of those and, and wear that instead of the bucket hat, but she, <laughs> they wouldn't give her one. <laughs> I think I would look good in That's that. Good. With I, I would wear yeah. the, the visor, though. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Can you take the bucket hat into the equipment guys and have them give you a paint job akin to the black helmet? Can you do that? You know, the same you sort of You don't like sheet, the white you know? bucket hat? I'm just, I didn't you know, realize you guys you, were you, such haters. Well, no, you need the alternate bucket hat to complete the ensemble. <laughs> the alternate bucket. You need the oh, alternate bucket hat. That's what I you need. I like that idea, Paul. <laughs> this is go. great. See, I can't get my Will versus Everybody t-shirt made or the other unnamed rookie offensive lineman that was taken in the seventh round against everybody. That one made either. But maybe in terms of merch, we can get an alternate bucket hat. Yeah. And you could you could wear that free D hop shirt that so many of his teammates were wearing. <laughs> free D hop shirt, game. that's a good one. It's <laughs> good. All the I I Andy shirts are oh, are no. in some third world country oh, now. Uh, so. oh Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah. Isaiah. That's right. That's right. Where uh, you know I, I I haven't been beating See, that drum nearly enough. Paul's an idea man. <laughs> See, one time one idea well, is going to stick. Does. I believe Feed that. Feed mayonnaise to tuna fish. <laughs> Just, Here's the thing. I mean, the Isaiah obviously can't take off until he gets game reps. So we'll see that's Isaiah true. come uh, week one against Kansas City. I can't wait. You know, that's 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 when it'll really get traction. Here's Danny. what's annoying is I don't like it, but I know it's going to stick on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just like oh. I Andy. No, yes. and, no, I yes, me, it totally is. I try to distance myself from I Andy, but guys like Darren keep bringing it that, up, and that's what happens. So, it's us. Yeah. We're the ones that are going to so, keep bringing up Isaiah. Yeah. So oh, if you get boy. an alternate bucket hat, I am totally tweeting that. So, Danny will have an alternate bucket hat before she watches The <laughs> but Godfather. But see, if you get an alternate bucket hat, then all the responses of the tweet are going to be like, when are you getting an alternate Danny uniform? And then... That's a good point. When are you getting new uniform? Can't uniforms? please everybody. No. No. Okay. All right. Well, I am curious to see how the TV lights, the bright lights hit the helmet and how it looks on national That's TV. That's true. And because, I, you know, ideally that's where you can really... It's sort of like... 
because I know you guys are all about the car auctions every January in Scottsdale that are televised. Well, you know, boom, with the bright lights and the cameras, they hit the paint job and it's going across the block. That's when you can really appreciate the paint job. That's true. As opposed to parked in someone's garage and dim lighting. The Trace McSorley revenge game. <laughs> That's right. S- Sam Huff revenge game. That's Our right. video ex- editor extraordinaire. That's right. That's right. There's one quarterback in this roster who has thrown an NFL touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown. His name is Trace McSorley. The former Ravens quarterback threw a 70-yard – well, basically it was a 20-yard pass. Hollywood caught it, and he gone. He went 50 yards to the that house. Works. So uh, there you go. And by the way, Trace McSorley, to come full circle, he certainly wasn't sloppy. He, he was out there. It looked like he had a pretty good command oh, of the see, offense. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say he wasn't in the Godfather. Well, to he really wasn't in a bucket right. hat. Right. He, he, he led – So well, many options. Look, in, he wasn't a Sonny. He was a Michael. He led a nine-play, 79-yard drive in 352. He was executing all the way down the field instead of going for an 80-yard bomb. I'll be honest. When you opened this podcast and you said Michael first, all I could think of was Michael Bidwell, and I'm like, where is he going with this? <laughs> I thought Michael Scott. By the by, the way, has anyone gotten a, a ride across town in the in the helicopter yet? Is that no, a, that's, yeah, that would be good. That's not me. <laughs> me either. So there you go. Uh, that'll do it, I guess. Um, and so, Our podcast next week will we'll have to do it from Tennessee. We'll be in Tennessee. Yeehaw. Uh, Probably on Wednesday. Wednesday in Tennessee. I think we're going to be traveling Tuesday. So maybe we should do it from one of those. What do they call those? Danny, you were on one. What are those? Those mobile party buses that go around Lower Broadway. What do you call those things? We'll do it a, wasn't, we, we should I, do a podcast on the back of one of those. I don't want to tell. It was not a party bus, and if I tell you guys what it was, you're you're just telling. Only like, Craig Grealu was again, listening at this point. This. Just tell That's us. That's true. I was not the maid of honor, so I did not book a single thing in this bachelorette okay. party. It is the kind where it's it basically an open tractor. Oh, but of lot, what? with lots of alcohol. It's an open tractor that you're standing on in the back and someone's driving in the front. I didn't wow. say you were driving it. Okay. So it was a party John Deere. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Essentially, it was okay. pretty close God, to God, I that. hope Grelu heard all that. Okay. All right. There you go. That'll do it. Uh, Cards Camp Edition, the Black Helmet Edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.